comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking the 87th Annual Academy Award nominations. Otherwise known as Oscar Mayer Wieners. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hello, hello. Out Now is a film podcast. It's Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And because as much as Abe wanted to discuss Mordecai, he was like... I did. Depp's got a mustache. I you mean, need to talk about it. Let's do this. Who doesn't want to twirl that mustache? Maybe it has to be a three-hour podcast. I said no. I said, I don't know if we can fill that much time and have guests that are that interested in talking about Mordecai with us. So we decided not to do that. <laughs> and instead, we're having a special Academy Award nominations episode. We're going to focus on the uh, the Academy the 87th annual Academy Awards, you know, Hollywood's biggest night and um, what uh, what's going on there. And uh, we have yeah. two guests from AwardCircuit.com. We, fi- we finally got them both, guys. It's the Johnson brothers. That's right. We have... <laughs> First up, we have Terrence Johnson, Empire's biggest fan. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I am now. That show has unfortunately sucked me in. And I will be watching it every week. Uh, what's a, what's a I, and uh, by the way, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's your first time on the show, so yes, glad to have you. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I think I think I, I I almost enjoy watching Empire as much as I enjoy reading your tweets on it when you're watching it like a couple days later. <laughs> Just yeah, you're like you're like you've been caught up into it as have I, even though it's not like good, but it's good. Like so, <laughs> yeah, it, you're kind of like I like this. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we have Mark Johnson returning to the podcast, a bold supporter of nothing mediocre, mediocre or lower. <laughs> yeah, it's been that kind of year. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> We've been trying to get you back for a while. Maybe we could have steered your show. Although correctly. these award shows technically are like you know they're bread and butter, so we're glad that yeah. you guys are on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So we got we got. We got Mark Johnson and Terrence Johnson on here. They're not related. I just like saying that because of the Johnson. <laughs> it's, it's easier I mean, to say we, the Johnson brothers. We look so much alike. That's the part it's of it. So that's what throws people off. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They also invented baby powder. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Um, with all that silliness out of the way, let's do some show note stuff here. Um, let's see. iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. Abe, you know what I do when I go to Apple stores? I'm going to guess that you just uh, log into iTunes and pull up Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Honestly, I should write reviews on the various iPads they have there, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a way to go? But I, I don't do have, that. You have that would sign be, up with different be, accounts each time. That would be dishonest. But I do actually pull up the podcast every now and then and just start playing it. Just let it play. Just see what happens. I just leave it on. <laughs> just yeah. leave it on. I put up our top 10 show the other day. I thought it was fun. Yeah. People, people will enjoy it. 
But you can you can save me from going to these desperate means by actually going to iTunes, <laughs> logging on to iTunes, going to Out Now with Aaron and Abe, writing a review, giving us a star rating. It's really simple, really easy. Helps out our show. That's simple, right? Ready? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. He's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're talking about Oscar nominations this week. I want to shout out the Battleship Retention podcast. We've had both Tyler and David in the past on this show, and I was happy to guest on their show this past week to do basically what I'm about to do now, which is talk about the Oscar nominations. So if you want to hear me in a different setting or just listen to a fun podcast in general, go to BattleshipRetention.com, and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Commentaries, Abe, we keep saying this, but we will have more commentaries. We're not going to tease you guys anymore. Something's coming out. Something's coming out. We'll do it. We'll get it done. And um, I think that uh... – no, wait. No, we got an email. Uh, <laughs> we did get an email from Matthew. We got an email from Matthew. Yeah, he says, hey, guys, big fan of the show. Even though I don't get to see most of the movies you review, I just don't have the t- that time to take to make it to the theater much these days. That gave me an idea for a segment, what to watch on Netflix, or some clever variant of that. I already have one in mind. Uh, when you When you do your recommendations for what people should go see, maybe also include a movie that's on Netflix Instant. I suppose you could open it up to Amazon Prime as well, but I know Netflix has more movies and subscribers. That reminds me, I really need to watch Snowpiercer. Keep up the great work. Matt. Uh, thank you. Thanks Matt. for the email, Matt. Um, for one thing, that's a... Yeah, thanks for the email. And for one thing, that's that's a great idea for a segment. Decent idea, yeah. yeah. With that in mind, um, offhand, movies that are on Netflix Instant right now that I would recommend... I keep saying Ida because it's... You know, it's really like, good, and it's 80 minutes. Like, just yeah, do it. Just try it out. Just right. that's like, I just want to. I just want to. <laughs> just, just try it out. You know, yeah, I don't want to pressure like, you. If you don't want to watch, you don't have to watch it. But you know, it's like it. Cool Ranch Doritos. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you guys have any uh, Netflix recommendations in mind offhand? Well, you um, stole mine. I was going to say yeah. that I've been watching old seasons of Archer. <laughs> yeah. There you go. On Netflix. Yeah. Um, you can never go wrong there. Because, because I love that show. Uh, yeah, Ida would be my recommendation. Well, since we're talking about awards, that seems like the perfect movie to watch. Or maybe Belle. I heard Belle was on... Is it on Netflix? Netflix. I might check it out. One that I would recommend is one I've kind of been talking about um, since I saw it, I think, sometime in the spring or summer. Uh, and it's actually up for a document now. I'm finding Vivian Meyer. Really oh, good. Yeah. Hmm. Really good doc if you haven't seen it. Meyer or Mayer? Uh, That's part of the mystery. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm find out it might be mayor. On Eight. Amazon streaming, yeah. I've been keeping up with the Americans. I should just binge watch season one yesterday. The Americans after... is fantastic. Yes, yeah. Season one is quite strong. Season two opened out kind of, kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit. Oh, it opens on a, it opens on a bummer. Yes, that is a good way to put it. But yeah, it I is mean, a... well, I just felt bad for the bus boy that's just hanging out in the kitchen. And he's like, hey, it's gonna but be it, all right. It is Surprise! quite. It is a really good season of television. That's pretty, I, uh, I'm actually writing about the Americans for the YoungFolks.com. I'll be writing about this season as well, which premieres this week, actually. Plug. And they're like, how do we make this show better? Let's add Frank Langella to the cast. Why not? So good for you guys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see that in mind. Let's uh. Let's move on now. Actually, keep with the email in mind. We're actually gonna move feedback up this week, just so we can that's get correct. to kind of a deeper conversation about Oscars and not really trail off from it too far. So yeah, let's do a little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, of course, where we get to some of the various answers and questions that we received on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where we go over the various stuff that questions. you guys wrote us. So yeah. So we asked you guys, uh, what is everyone planning to see this week? Or what have you seen lately? And what do you think of it? Philip writes, I saw Wolf Children on Blu-ray last week. It was great, every bit as good as Studio Ghibli's work. I actually just got a copy of that recently, and I also want to watch it. Um, Tyler writes, I've been going through all the nominees for Best Picture for a while. I only need to watch Selma as of now. My two favorites are Birdman and Whiplash. I'm going to see Mordecai tomorrow and will most likely leave the theater upset. Probably. It's nice being honest. 
Yeah, I mean, like, we weren't really going to do a show on Mordecai anyway, but... I, li- I like that he's he's going to see Mordecai knowing that he'll probably leave upset, but he's like, I gotta see that Mordecai. <laughs> got, I mean, yeah, he's gotta, gotta, see do what, it. gotta see what it's all about. Gotta see that Mordecai. January release. Uh, that was our only uh, question this week, but we did a, we did get several questions for us to answer, and you guys can feel free to uh, jump in as well here. Um, Philip asks, if it's flawed or weak, is there an aspect of a film that you are quickest to overlook? That's an interesting question. See, this is something I don't overlook. It tends to be if I don't like the movie, I do tend to recognize like performances. I do tend to like kind of single out people that I did enjoy in the movie, despite the fact that the movie's not very good. But that's the op- the opposite of this question. So I'm trying to think of what do I overlook in it. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know that I have an answer on that. Yeah, because well, if something's bothering or you, like then... like Abe, you tend to point out like score, even if I know I, that's like... actually the first thing I thought of. But then I was thinking, if it's flawed, I I, I don't really overlook it. Because I think, wow, this score is like in American Sniper. There's like these weird um, Law and Order tones whenever the 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 scene changes. So or when they show the evil guy. Okay, so yeah. sticking maybe with some Oscar categories, I'd probably overlook make maybe the the most just because I know like the Butler a couple years ago, the makeup was pretty terrible and it it didn't bother me much, but I know there were some people complaining about it. Hmm. Um, so maybe maybe that just small scale, I guess. I don't know. I'd say performances. Yeah. Um. But I do tend to try and look for good performances in bad movies. I think but, it, I think it comes from like what I mean. It's not like we go into movies wanting them to be bad, so you don't really overlook yeah. things that are because you're trying to find that thing that you can at least praise, so you don't feel like you've had a bad experience overall or something. Like, <laughs> like oh, this was terrible, but at least I saw that. That's what you're trying to you're trying to find your you're trying to find a way out if, if anything. Maybe not Mark when it comes to Michael Bay movies, but you're trying to find a way out. Right. For the most part. He doesn't even watch those, so <laughs> no, I've, I've begun to skip. And unfortunately, didn't get sound nominations this year, so now Mark like doesn't have a reason to, so he can't see the brilliance that was Easy Extinction. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, that movie! I I saw it with a fellow staff writer, oh. Joseph Braverman, and about. 15 minutes in i just have to start tweeting because i was like i can't i can't i can't make it through this without other people helping me that's awesome social media come to me yes i was like come to my rescue please aaron did you have a a reply i was just gonna say i think that's the call that ron burgundy will make in um anchorman 3 social media come to me i think i'm not in terms of what i'm quickest to overlook not i can't think of something off because i i mean i was speaking to how i look at a movie where i'm not trying to you know pan something completely i'm trying to find right. something that's good about it so it's hard to say what i overlook if i don't like something I, i'm trying to like look at something because uh, i know the judge is coming out this week and so i'm looking at the robert judge. duvall now and i'm like well <laughs> no i wouldn't even say that's like a great performance so like i, I but i'm not overlooking it i'm not like because my hatred of the judge isn't amounting to me not liking Robert Duvall in it because of that. So it's not like I'm overlooking something like that. So I'm trying to, yeah, I can't really piece together what I'd overlook in this scenario. But it's a good question because it made us think. Like, Pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, Jateman asks us, what are your feelings on Kristen Wiig? And have you seen Hate Ship, Love Ship or whatever that movie is called? It is called Hate Ship, Love, Love Ship. Uh, guys, Kristen Wiig? She's she's a she's a fine actress. I <laughs> I think she's done a good job of transcending from you know comedic performer to you know, someone that has dramatic depth. I wouldn't say yeah. she's like the best actress out there right now, just because there's a lot of great actresses out there. But I certainly look forward to projects that she's in. Yeah, I largely have no nothing against her. I mean, I've seen her in comedies and I've seen her in dramas, and she does pretty good jobs in both of them. So eh, I, I, I hope she gets to write more. Yeah, more oh. movies. I would. 
Um, she shows she has a good sensibility, a good humor, uh, and that she keeps. I would hope she continues to do things that like stretch her little by little. Um, like I don't just want her to jump into a period piece drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just because. <laughs> yeah, just because. But to keep uh, keep finding roles that will challenge her bit by bit. Does she have anything coming? She's in a movie at yeah, some point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Sorry, I meant to clarify. In terms of writing, like, <laughs> like was she in like, and Mumolo gonna like do something again after Bridesmaids, or was that any? I thought they were supposed to, but I don't. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Did she write Girl Most Likely? No, she just starred in it. Yeah. No, yeah, she didn't write Girl Most Likely, which did not get the best of receptions. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next question. Um, let's see. Alessandra asks, if you could pick only one franchise, Star Wars, Marvel, Bond, etc., to watch this year at the cinema, what would it be? I, I just, I mean, I just say Star Wars to most of <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd go with the Marvel. I've seen ten of those. Why do I need another Marvel movie? <laughs> I mean, you've seen six other Star Wars. Yeah, that's less than ten. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> no, for me, it's it's definitely Star Wars. I've been a geek since I was a little kid. My one of my children is named Luke, so it's kind of a no-brainer. For no me. coincidence, huh? Right? Nope. <laughs> uh, I'd rather see another Marvel. <laughs> two on two. Uh, no yeah. One, no one's saying DC. Oh. That's, that's... Well, <laughs> I look forward I... to the next Bond. I mean, I look forward to all of these, obviously, but I look forward to the next Bond movie. I mean, it's a Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's in a good place right now. I would say if I, if it was after Quantum of Solace, I'd be a little more. Um, but right now, I'm like, yeah, all right, Bond movie, let's do this. Yeah, I think the reason nobody says DC is because we are unsure how Warner Brothers and DC are at world building. Um, not terraforming, but just world building <laughs> with with their characters. <laughs> What if that was in the news tomorrow? DC plans to, <laughs> Wonder Brothers plans to terraform the moon to film next IMAX sequences in Man of Steel 2. <laughs> I'd see that movie right away. I think that was out now, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's uh, move on now to I Know Quickies real quick before we get to our Oscar nomination talk. So I Know Quickies. TM. Yep. Uh, this is where we uh, go over some of the movies that we might have also seen during the week, which is why it's called I Know Quickies. TM. Um, so yeah, real quick before we get to other the main discussion of the week, uh, have you guys seen any other movies this week? Start with Terrence. Um, have I seen any other movies this week? Or just recently in general? Um, I watched La Dolce Vita, mm, um, the Fellini film, and was disappointed that I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. This is the first time you're seeing it. It was the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's a gorgeous movie to look at, and you know, in a way, it reminds me a lot of Birdman. In that you could tell, like, there's a lot of technical virtuosity going on, and the performances are pretty good, but that something is just keeping me from liking it as much as I should, given all that's happening. So yeah, well, there's a double bill for you, Birdman and La Dolce Vita. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Have you seen other Fellini films? Uh, I love Eight and a Half. Ah. I'm making my way through my Criterion supply of DVDs that I <laughs> own but haven't watched. Yeah. No, I, I have a fair number of those as well actually it's like yeah th- yeah i want this i'll watch it sometime yeah actually i saw uh, a pair of films that i think also stand nicely side by side um together this weekend um yesterday i got to finally see dear white people ah. and then today i went and saw Foxcatcher again comedy class so those two you know hand in hand <laughs> <laughs> so 
but no, I, I really liked Dear White People. I liked it a lot more um, than I anticipated, and I, I kind of still feel the same way I do about Foxcatcher. I think it's a really well-made film, and it has all the, the right parts, just the final total isn't um, what I would have hoped for, I guess. See, that's that's exactly how I feel, and I know, Terrence, that you're obviously a huge fan of I believe that's your number one of the year. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's right. It's a good movie. I think it's well made. It's well executed. I just just get so dull after a while for me, and I, I don't know. There was just something missing from it. So, I'd, I'd, I'd still say it's good. It probably makes my top twenty for the year. Not, uh, not what I would have hoped for, I guess, from Bennett Miller. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's it's how I feel too. It's like, and I I'm glad you know it's yeah. getting it's recognition to an extent, but it's like yeah, I just wasn't I wasn't yeah. into it as much as I feel like I wanted to be or could have been or whatnot i don't know what to explain besides yeah it was good <laughs> yeah. yeah well i'm i'm glad that you liked dear white people because uh, yeah. that's a that's a movie i feel like got really lost in the award season shuffle right. in terms of what it meant to 2014 uh, yeah we can uh maybe get into that when we get to the main discussion here too in terms of kind of what we would have Wished we could have seen, but I'm certainly a big fan of Dear White People as well. I believe that's in my top 15. At least I had it in my 10 for a while, shuffling things around there at the end. But I, I really do like that movie. And you dressed up like the poster. Yeah. That's right, I did. I was at a 2014-themed <laughs> uh, uh, movie party last weekend um, with some fellow f- uh, film bloggers. And yes, I dressed as uh, Tower, Tower James. What's his name? Tower James... Uh, Williams. Williams. I was going to say Ferguson. It's like, Tyrant Ferguson. That's a, that sounds awkwardly controversial. Um, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence is, that's his clone, though. He looks, he looks, uh, a, lot, he looks a lot like him. I can that's, see it. That's yeah. who I said yeah. play me in my life. Yeah. I, I, no, I dressed as no Tyler James Williams. I had the big afro and the glasses going. Again, my, uh, my lovely girlfriend actually dressed as Tessa Thompson's character as well. So we had a nice pairing going as dear white people. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah, she was great in that film, too. Yeah, Tessa Thompson. Great performance in that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, Abe. What'd you see this week? <laughs> Sorry, it's like, what are we on? What other segment is this? The Americans. I'm gonna. I was gonna say pass. Okay, but you've been watching the Americans. Yeah, I've been playing Bioshock Infinite. I'm kind of in hold up in a wall. You've been playing Bioshock Infinite? Yeah, I just Finally? got it. Super used. Yeah. I think I feel like we told you like a while ago to do it. So probably, like, probably about a year ago. You and Adam and I could have like a video game discussion about the the, the game, but yeah, you never did. So. <laughs> <laughs> walrus, walrus, moose, lake quickies. At some point, um, let's see. What did I see? I did see Mordecai. Actually, <laughs> that is something that I did this. And week. it's a movie. Um, okay. it, it's it, you know what? It's it has I think like what like a ten percent or something above or below that around tomatoes. Something low, yeah. It's would I say it's like a good movie that you should go and see in a theater? No, but it's not terrible. Like it it has a lot of people mugging. Um, <laughs> which is namely Johnny Depp and his mustache, but at the same time, he commits, and he's doing his thing, and it's it's better than anything those Steve Martin Pink Panther movies did, that's for sure. Like, those were dreadful. Like, this is he just like... hamburger. This is It's just like, hey, people are having fun. It looks like they're probably having more fun on set than we're having fun in the audience, but at the same time, I, did dis- I didn't completely dislike it, and I think Paul Bettany, who's not being advertised nearly as much as I should, he should be, he steals the entire movie as this, like, he plays Johnny Depp's, like, manservant, and he's, like, he's, like, slash, like, bodyguard, and he gets, like, almost all the best lines and the best things to do in the movie, and it's pretty fantastic. Um, but, yeah, fan- yeah, he is Jarvis, yeah. and Vision. Um, so, with that in mind, I, fantastic and Mordecai are not words that I would use together very often, because it's a pretty forgettable, you know, whatever movie. All right. <laughs> I was on a quickie. Tim. Let's get to the main thing now. Let's get to our uh, discussion of the Oscar nominations for the 87th Academy Awards. 
I'll probably so much. We should put music there. Insert right? some music there. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was gonna go. Now we said it out loud. So even if you don't put music in there, it'll sound amazing. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> editing covered. Um, <laughs> so let's <laughs> uh, uh, general thoughts on the Oscar nominations overall, and um, so with that, with that in mind, uh, and Mark, what, what do you think of the this year's batch of Oscar nominations? What are your kind of general thoughts on them? Um. Well, besides the obvious, mostly if um, male generated, if not if not completely male generated, other than Selma, um, yeah, we I mean we've we've heard kind of ad nauseum at this point how white the Oscar race is, um, but the to me the bigger story I think like, is the lack of female uh, driven films kind of getting recognition um, between um, Gone Girl. Um, you know, Selma only getting picture and song, I think it was, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just a lack of, you know, Angelina Jolie's Unbroken, which I don't think too many of us expected at the end to get in, but just a lot of, uh, a lot of the, a lot of films written by or directed by women not getting as much love. Which there seemed to be quite a few of this year. Not, ne- not, not necessarily yeah. saying, look how great all of these are, because not all of them are, you know, amazing, but at the same time, there did seem to be like a, as small as a percentage as it may be, a good number of films that could have gotten some kind of more acclaim based on nominations or whatnot. Yeah, it's it's almost <clears throat> maybe maybe for me this year it's kind of a bigger surprise of what didn't get in versus what did. Yeah, uh, things like a Lego Movie missing for animated, Life itself missing animated. Um, it's just there's there's things a lot of things like a lot of nominations like that that are just shockingly missing this year. Terrence, you have any kind of overall thoughts on the uh, Oscar nominations? Um. I have to tell a story. <laughs> All right, well, let's, everybody, everybody settle down. It's story time with Terrence. Let's do this. Well, so, like, the Oscar nominations are announced at some ungodly hour on the West Coast. And right. so I slept through them, even though everybody on award circuit was trying to host, like, a live chat. I was like, I'm not getting up at 5.30 to participate in this. So I woke up, and the first category i saw was best actor and i just started laughing (laughs) because i knew what i was in store for when i got down i mean i think other than some big issues which i'm sure we will get into that i mean the nomination they're fine like nothing i mean i love the love for Foxcatcher. um we got our first loan director in an expanded field and then somebody told me he was the first picture yeah for a director and like the that's like the first time that happened since 1938, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and yeah, the nominations—they're okay. I mean, Best Picture is a little rougher than I thought because <laughs> I decided to rank the nominees. I was like, oh, let me look back at my rankings, and I was like, oh, this is not <laughs> not a great field for me. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with the nominees. I wanted I wanted the Academy to do something different than. Everybody complains about how award season gets so sort of group thinky, and then the Academy does something weird, and now everybody's mad. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that there were a few things that were a bit weird about the nominations. Here, here's the thing, and I've said this a few times, but at this point, but this this is a year where I'm going to get a where we're likely going to see Richard Linklater, Wes Anderson, and Michael Keaton all win Oscars, and I'm still upset at the Academy for what happened here. <laughs> it's just like, there's a lot of great stuff here, no doubt about it, and that's ultimately what this is. I mean, it's 
you know, a representation of what people consider to be, you know, some of the best films of the year. And yeah. I'm not denying that the looking at this list of films, the ones that are, you know, highlighted the most with some exceptions based on my own opinions, I see a lot of really good movies here. And I mean, I have Birdman and Boyhood, which are my two favorite films of the year, competing to win Best Picture. I feel like, yeah, that's great. Like, <laughs> the movies I love the most are probably going to win something. That's awesome. But you look at kind of the details and you see, you know, David Oyelowo not nominated as Martin Luther King. And you see mm. you see a lot of representation for American Sniper, which seems to ha- be very mixed in reception, despite, you know, the massive amounts of ducats it's making at the box office right now and various, you know, thoughts on controversy involving the story of, of Chris Kyle or whatnot, let alone how that applies to films like The Imitation Game. Or, or even Selma, which sadly seemed to fit into that realm of not getting nominated because of those reasons, let alone other things that we can probably get into as well. Uh, but then again, you have little films like Whiplash, which probably wouldn't have gotten any kind of consideration without the kind of uh, the kind of acclaim that it received from critics from Sundance onward throughout the year and made it built up into now a Best Picture nominee. So there's a lot of great stuff to recognize, while at the same time, yeah, looking at lego movie not getting a nomination or looking at you know selma not getting deeper love or things like that it's like what did happen here was robert duvall that <laughs> good like, then Laura, like and then just like wild surprises such as wild with laura dern it's like where did that come from that's nice i guess but okay didn't see that come. it's just a lot of stuff like that where it's like this is nice but yeah all right there's some weird things going on but, uh, hey, man, you, you, any, any thoughts here? Yeah, on the whole, it was uh, it's kind of a mixed bag for me because there are movies on here that I really, really like that are on my top tens, and some of them were just meh. And same thing with some of the actors and actresses as well. The whole entire you know race thing is something that is a problem too. Um, I I genuinely think that that's something that was uh, I don't know if it was like a casual oversight, but it was just more of like wow, this seems like there is a huge problem here. Um, but the fact that there's, you know, like a, just a handful of movies, but a handful of very good movies that probably got skipped over. Um, yeah, and, again, and some I of mean, these are just average movies, in my opinion. They're just average movies, and I, I really don't understand. Maybe it was that whole entire Oscar push, but that that speaks to whether films should all just be released in, during November or December. You know, I mean, maybe things should just. Maybe if they took a look at the entire year. I mean, I'm glad that Wes Anderson's uh, Grand Budapest Hotel got nominated because that came out in, like in has, March. Like, came out last, last March, year? and it has, yeah. what is that, like nine nominations? So, yeah. yeah. Which is, I believe, believe, the most, right? Yeah, the lead. And, yeah. Well, like Boyhood, you know, it came out back in you know June. Boyhood came back, yeah, exactly, and it's been going strong. But it's it's, written part, away. it's kind of a yeah. mixed bag because, you know, you've got some just okay movies, and uh, I'm I'm – kind of curious to do Terrence's exercise and just go back and see, you know, of the Best Picture nominees, which ones were uh, better, how they ranked in terms of uh, your films for the year. So, yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, some of them I'm really excited for, some of them I'm really happy for, some of them were just like, really? I mean, like, that movie? <laughs> well, like, you just saw The Theory of Everything last week, right? Yeah, Dave? and it was just like, it's okay. It's not, it's not as though I was blown away by it. Eddie Redmayne's good, but... The film itself is based on a book written by his wife, and yet it focuses a lot on his accomplishments. So it's kind of an interesting take on that if you want to, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's it's a British film. It's a British biopic about a white male. 
<laughs> yeah, when you think about it that way. Yeah. Pretty pretty just, much a just like the imitation game. The well, yeah, I exactly. think the interesting thing would be like yeah. that two of them were able to get in. Because um, yeah. we always talk about like yeah. the British voting block and which one are they going to pick. Well, this time they got two movies. Yeah, so. So, yeah, that's kind of just some general thoughts. Let's do- well, yeah, let's dive in. Let's get, yeah. We can get into some kind of snubs highlights kind of thing and i mean snub is such a it's an interesting word to use sometimes just because of how the kind of voting process works and what to really take away from what the academy is doing like if you mentioned the kind of the lack of that di- we've all kind of mentioned the lack of diversity yeah. in the, this year's oscars and i mean it's it's not as if i feel and maybe i'm completely wrong i doubt it but it's, it's not as if i feel like the academy like gets together or like all the white members get together and think, what can we not nominate? I don't think there's that kind of jury selection going on. I don't, I don't, on. Think, I don't think that's what's <laughs> happening either. Yeah, but at, I mean, at the same time, you look, you you look at you know, the the kind of acclaim that Selma a movie like Selma receives and the clear acknowledgement of its accomplishments or what have you, and then you you see it only get two nominations. Now, can you, we should we should delve into this more of what actually happened. Do you guys, do either Terrence or Mark, do you guys know? Would yeah. you like? Would you like to describe like what it is that kind of led to Selma not getting the best kind of, I guess, start for for Oscar nominations? Uh, I... Yes, we can we can talk about Paramount's <laughs> right. uh, failure. Well, as much as we would all like to pretend that the Oscars are run simply on the quality of the movie, <laughs> we all know better. And so it's politics. The, yeah, the interesting thing about um, Selma is that Paramount only sent out screeners, so DVD screeners, um, for this movie to the Academy Awards voters and to BAFTA. So, which means that from whenever they saw it to when nominations were due, we they've been so many guilds, like the Production Designers Guild and the Costume Designers Guild and the Writers Guild and the PGA and all of these all of these different groups that represent each sort of step in making a movie and none of them are seeing the movie because it came out so late. They don't have screeners and some was not getting nominated places. And so when you think about like reasons why the grand Budapest hotel might've made it, it picked up every major guild other than maybe one. If I, I can't remember how many guilds it picked like 10 or so. And so you're seeing that showing you broad industry support for a movie but in Selma's case, it only opened up in a few cities before the year ended. It didn't open wide until after nominations um, or around after ballots were due. Yeah, the voting for, yeah. And so sort of getting into, you were talking about movies being released at the end of the year. Selma also fell into the trap of if you release your movie earlier in the year and there's a controversy, you can sort of wade past it hmm. because you can other movies will start getting controversy about them, but if controversies happen late. And so there's, there's just all sorts of factors as to why Selma might not have picked up more nominations. But I do think it's interesting to note that like, if we're talking about this movie being an anomaly, right? It got song and best picture. Mm-hmm. Think about something like Foxcatcher, which according to the Academy is one of the best directed, best acted, best written in a movie with the best makeup and it didn't make picture. So somebody in the Academy likes <laughs> like enough people in the Academy like someone enough to consider it one of the best eight best pictures mm-hmm. of the year. 
which does make you kind of think, are we just kind of checking off a box at that point with Best Picture? Like, do we get our White Man Adversity film? Yeah, we got it twice. Check. Do we get our quirky little film? Yeah, we got Whiplash. We got Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> do we get something experimental that might believe, might probably win? Boyhood? Yeah, sure. Okay. Do we, do we get something just completely off the walls but still really liked? Birdman. Got it. Yeah. Did we get Clint Eastwood in there? Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and it definitely speaks to, I don't know how many people like really understand how the voting for Best Picture works in particular is that when they first expanded it to 10, they gave everybody in the Academy 10 slots for Best Picture, right? So you could vote for up to 10 movies. Mm-hmm. So that's when you see things like District 9 pop into mm-hmm. um, Best Picture. But when they switched to the sliding scale, they only went to five. So now Academy voters can only vote for five films in the Best Picture category. So you're not going to chance like some weirder movie if you only have five places to put. If you want to get the ones that you really want to represent. Yeah. And so it's really interesting that even with that, Selma ended up making it in. And I think the more interesting thing about that movie to me is that like with David Oyelowo, and how everybody was like, everybody now is like, the Oscars are so white. He was going to be the only person of color yeah. nominated. Right. Like, one out of 20. <laughs> and yeah. that would have and been I our think, diversity for the year. <laughs> and I think that's the that's the kind of kicker is when we look at these nominations and we see just, uh, you know, lack of diversity. I don't. I, I think people are so quick to jump on Oscar for it, but you got to remember, you can't nominate what's not there. And it's not True. that they should go looking for a person of different ethnic background just to include them. If they should be looking at what the best of the year were, um, you know, so really where it stems from is the Hollywood system, the, the films, the film studios where they're not putting out enough quality films like Selma or like 12 years like maybe or whatnot. Um, and the same applies obviously for the female side too, because yeah. we always talk about, you know, the depth, the depth for the lead actor and, um, you know, this year I, I think lead actress was actually pretty good, but like supporting actress was just a mess, if you ask me. So, I don't know. But I mean, to piggyback on that, Mark, I mean, you brought this up in your quick uh, thoughts too. It's just not just lack of color per se, but lack of female representation, right? So I mean, you yeah. have stuff like, uh, well, I mean, it's almost there, but then you have stuff like, uh, uh, where, like, I don't know, Gone Girl, Gone you Girl, know, Jillian, right? Gone Girl, Jillian Flynn, you know, for adapting. The Babadook, uh, yeah. which is not like which, yeah, it would never it have a chance, like, but at the same right, time, right. But I mean, just like hey, like yeah. you know, maybe this. There are movies out there that were that were really well received, directed by females. Yeah. And it, um, you know, if, if Unbroken was better, I mean, that would have right. yeah, that would have helped true. a lot. Yeah. If I mean, Unbroken didn't yeah. have the worst twenty-minute start to a movie <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Wow. I mean, no, I, I, I really enjoyed Unbroken. I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. But the first 20 minutes, I was very concerned. The 20, as in, like, the dog fighting? As in, until, yeah, until they hit the water and were stranded, that movie. Because <laughs> I, I really liked the beginning of Unbroken. It's the rest of it. Oh, man. I like the middle. The middle is, like, what does it for me when they're stranded. Well, yeah. yeah they're, because they're, they were doing So between the four of us, and... we really like all of Unbroken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a four-star You put all of our thoughts together. Right, yes. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, I mean... To look at, you know, what causes controversy. If you had Ava DuVernay get a Best Director nod, no one would be talking about anything. It's like you get a black female person that has a Best Director nominee. So, yay, people can shut up about it uh, in terms of kind of general thoughts 
as far as like how to judge the Oscars on things. But yeah, Mark, you're exactly right. I mean, there isn't a lot to go on when there's only so many things to nominate and then those things don't happen. So it's like, yeah, okay, pile it on now. But uh, well, it's become less of a thing for me to really think about this at this point. I've, I've had plenty of time to vent in terms of like what happened. <laughs> and there's obviously a lot of understanding to go into why things happened the way they did, which Terrence, you very aptly described already. And, if, and you know, yeah, I mean, the movie basically was being finished <laughs> like up to right. a certain point yeah. still paramount had made certain choices that may have not reflected well compared to like fox searchlight who's done like a terrific with like a terrific job with like birdman and grand budapest hotel and what's the other one they have uh, wild um they they seem like they, they, they've gotten everything in a line where they could they've submitted all their movies they've done everything they can the movies are fairly controversially free like i don't think anyone's really finding much to say about uh about Birdman or Grand Budapest, it says like this didn't reflect the 1920s properly. I don't know, but no, um, they, they're starting to now because a certain major event happened Saturday night. Go. Oh. There's a, there's already some backlash against the film that everybody forgot they loved yesterday. So okay, <laughs> that's the other thing. The Academy has a very short memory. That's always something that, which is why movies come out in November and December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rarely that, make it past that. A movie, um, no movie that has come out later than October has won Best Picture since Million Dollar Baby. Hmm. So, their their short memory. There goes my boyhood pick. Well, no, boyhood is boyhood <laughs> is fine. Boyhood is what fine. What are you talking about, Abe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's what Terrence said. It's, it's you know, if it's November December releases aren't haven't done well. Yeah. It oh, seems it seems I we know. have the same the same kind of things every year though. There's the film like Boyhood that comes out before November December. That looks like the front runner starts winning a lot of critics awards. So then people kind of turn against it. Another film kind of. Leaps as the favorite, and then people start hating that film, and then it swings back to that's what happened with the Argo year. That that looks like it might happen this year. It's it's just kind of been the trend as of uh, late, it seems. I think it's, but what's interesting about it is normally in years like that, there's something like the King's Speech, mm-hmm. like yeah. which is a good movie, like regardless yeah. of what we think about it, when the best picture is yeah. a good movie, made like four hundred million. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. And so normally it's movies like that that then come in and enter the race. So this is a weird year in that sort of the three front runners that people are talking about are Boyhood, Birdman, and surprisingly the Imitation Game. Although I really feel like that's people wanting to make something happen that's trying to make Fetch happen, to put I, it in a... I think it's, that's just the Weinstein factor. <laughs> that's what I look at when I look at Imitation I mean, Game. Yeah, and Harvey is the Oscar whisperer, but like, <laughs> Imitation Game hasn't won anything anywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seems like they, they... What's the other Weinstein movie that didn't pull through? I'm trying to think what... He's had a few lately. He's had a few. I'm just trying to think of the, the one this year that like he could have put his backing into, but didn't. The Immigrant? <laughs> the Immigrant, yeah, The Immigrant. But yeah, here we are with Imitation Game, which also wait, doesn't that have like eight nominations? Also, I think so. I think yeah, like I think some... it was. I think Imitation Game was tied with tied with Birdman, first, wasn't it? Or was that or Birdman? No, Bird... Birdman and Birdman and Budapest were tied with most, and I think Imitation was one behind that okay. or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it has a lot. But yeah, it's not really. Yeah. It's do it's yeah. it's like steady in terms of kind of the the limited release that it has currently, and it you know it seems to be getting the regard, but in a certain sense. But yeah, it's not picking anything up because there are movies that are frankly better than <laughs> that are out right now <laughs> yet it's still one of the best directed films of the year apparently <laughs> so i was so surprised to see that one but uh here we are um let's see let's move let's move on uh, from this stuff we're talking a lot about sure. kind of kind of snub stuff and mainly with like Selma's. actually last thing i did want to point out because paramount with uh, i was trying to get to this earlier paramount with um with selma um 
do you think that they tried to put a lot of stock into Interstellar and that just didn't pay off for them as much as they would have liked? Yeah, I think that was their first their first bet. Plus, I don't think Selma, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they were kind of counting on Selma to be ready. Yeah. If if I remember how it went down, and that, and Interstellar was kind of their pony in the beginning, and when that kind of didn't look like it was happening, it it seemed like the switch over to Selma was too late. Yeah, I think this is a combination of things. I mean, Interstellar yeah. is directed by Christopher Nolan. A sci-fi film right. just won big last year. They were like, maybe this one with all these actors um, yeah. can push through finally. It has that mix of prestige and blockbuster quality to both yeah, make the... And, yeah. But like Selma premiered at AFI Fest and everybody loved it. And that was early November, maybe the second week of November. And it wasn't even finished, right? It was like an early cut of the film. Well, see, that's what had me confused. I heard that you... I thought she was finished then but apparently it was not going to be finished till right before christmas which sort of gets into a whole host of other things of like why we're rushing to just finish movies mm-hmm. solely so they can compete, compete for awards but i do think it's a little bit of they didn't really know what they had and they couldn't find a way to sort of correct uh any issues my my big thing with that movie is that i i think they should have opened it wide on christmas yeah. Um, rather right. than waiting till January, uh, that way, if it was if it was already making money, the one thing that when you combine prestige and money, the Academy tends to not ignore things. That would've, would have been the key. Would have been a nice statement to have a movie about you know freedom in the midst of the interview situation going on, opening up a wide <laughs> on Christmas Day. But you know that's another conversation. I guess. <laughs> um, um, Last thing I want to say about this, I want to move on because there's other things we can talk about. But best picture stuff, you talked about kind of the how the voting process works, which, which I think is interesting. I think people, more people should look up just to kind of have a better understanding rather than kind of piling on certain things about movies that they may not like but seem to see winning all the time. Um, but in that regard, opening it up to 10 – when did that happen? Like 2009, yes. Cause yes. The, the way I remember that is because Dark Knight wasn't nominated. So 2009 is when they opened it up. <laughs> um, Dark Knight or Wally wasn't nominated. So 2009, they opened up to 10 pictures. And then well, when did it go to like the it stopped being like 10 pictures total and then it was like a like the, yeah, the max. 2011, 2011 is when you get they started the five to ten. Five, so it could be anywhere between five to ten nominations. Um, the thing about that is, I mean, I think the, the idea of opening up the race to begin with was to like promote the more, you know, the more general audience friendly movies not necessarily that they're bad movies but you know open up the things like district nine as you mentioned or the blind side or or up um which you know is a novel way to both you know get more recognition to some of these movies that you know a lot of a lot of people like not just people that vote in the academy and people that are you know like us necessarily but at the same time now where we are having this opened up and the way it works you don't get those anymore like look at all these movies the only movie on here that's a blockbuster technically by default is american sniper but like we're not it seems like it's if anything it's backfired we're not getting the kind of mass friendly movies that can be like you're not getting a guardians in here you're not getting you know whatever captain america or something in this back picture race you're just getting more of the art house stuff which regardless of how one may feel about those kind of movies versus these kind of movies how horrible that would be to mix movies i mean it's um it's a little like hey what's what should is there something to do about that or is there anything to change like is there I mean, I would love for them to go back to the straight 10 mm-hmm. just because I felt that it for the two years that we had it, <laughs> I really felt that the Academy looked at each of those movies, each of those movies and what 
that best picture lineup would mean for the film year. The Blind Side being the perfect example, a movie I do not like at all. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to argue against it being in best picture when it made $200 million and it had the best actress winner. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about movies that represent 2009, that's certainly one of the 10 to 20, maybe, if you were to talk about that film year, you'd bring up. Um, Where you look at this year and it's like, no one's going to, like... And that's the thing too. You 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 know certain movies just aren't going to win, regardless of like you, you no one's no one thinks yeah. Whiplash or The Theory of Anything is going to win Best Picture Movie of the Year. Like that's that's not going to happen. Yeah. And even Selma at this point, Selma's not going to. I'd be I'd be I'd be head over heels, but very like <laughs> crazed over like Selma won Best Picture after getting nothing else. That's crazy. That would make me actually think more of the Academy just voted for it because it's black. Like that, and that'd be weird because yeah. it's like it's just after Twelve Years a Slave. So what kind of checklist do they have here? Yeah, secret <laughs> um, one. I, th- I yeah I I like I said I like the straight 10 and i think you know it's it really comes down to what this group of five to six thousand people like the most um people always have to keep that in mind like i i love the oscars and i do think they definitely mean something but you put any group of people together um and the likelihood is that they will not always share your same interests and i mean they can't they can't i think if you had like titanic like a titanic came out now it would yep. still get nominated for Best Picture and it'd be winning all the awards. And mm-hmm. so, but they, they can't really nominate what's not there. It's not like they're going to nominate something like The Hobbit uh, <laughs> for Best Picture. That's a dig at Mark. Farce. Yeah, it'd, just, it'd be over. <laughs> everything like, would not be you awesome. guys, You guys can have your awards. I'm just going to watch good movies. I'm glad that uh, Terrence said that he does believe the Oscars mean something, because that means I don't have to put on my smear campaign of uh, Terrence doesn't actually believe in the Oscars. I can stop that <laughs> now. <laughs> Damn it! I've got to delete all these tweets. I'm ready to go, Aaron. Let's move away from the kind of these kind of bigger categories, and let's get to some other some of the other stuff that we might have liked to have seen or that we do like seeing being represented. Um, I know, like, I'm a huge fan of Nightcrawler, for example, and Nightcrawler obviously didn't get a Best Act nomination. I I don't know if I would call that a snub, just because I feel like that's a weird enough film, and you look at the people that are nominated here, and you're like, all right, I can see why some of these would win over someone like Jake Gyllenhaal, who I do think is my favorite performance of the year. Good. But yeah. at the same time, it got a screenplay on nomination, which I was quite happy with. Uh, but are, are there any kind of nominations that you guys were big fans of seeing, even if it was just like the one nomination that it got? I got to move away from talking about Foxcatcher. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, ben a, Miller, I have a question yeah. for you about that. Would you do you do you, of the of the actors in Foxcatcher? Do you think that Steve Carell was the one that you get a lot of the recognition? Do you think he's better than Channing Tatum? I think I would go Channing Tatum, Ruffalo, Carell. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the the space between them is very very <laughs> very very small. You're saying um, that you're saying that uh, Carell got in there by a nose. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. Best makeup prosthetic nose. Hey, way to way to call back to uh, Nicole Kidman when she won her Oscar for a Boom. <laughs> um, I I like the Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is interesting just on like a there's one movie every year that does really well with the guilds that we all think is going to do well with Oscar and then it doesn't and that was Nightcrawler. Cuz I I thought for sure it was going to get Hall and Russo. In as well, I, mean, I like the um, me, the editing for Best Whiplash is another one where I because it, that's it's, it's something it, yeah it, that's it, a good one it, um, something to highlight in that movie that's something that certainly would I'm happy for uh, Captain America getting in visual effects. I mean, for me, it's it's Wes Anderson, uh, and he's got a, more than one nomination, but 
thing is, he's been making these kinds of movies for a very long time, and now they're saying, hey, by the way, you can also have an award. You can be nominated for an award for Best Picture, you know, writing, screenplay, you know, costume design, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like, well, he's been making these movies for a long time. I don't know what's so different about this year. I mean, if you think, oh, well, you know, he had high or A-list actors in it. He's had A-list actors in his other movies, too. George Clooney as the voice of a fox. Uh, what's his face? Gene Hackman as the father Gene of Gene Hackman, Bill Murray in all of yeah. these movies. I, I, don't, I don't know what the difference is this year. Willis well, Norton. And if, well, to be, to be fair, he and, I'm, and mind you, my number one happiest nomination probably of the day was seeing show up for director, finally, because he had been nominated a couple times already for screenplay. So he had been he had been nominated three times before this year, but he, he got three separate noms just for Budapest on picture, director, and screenplay. So it was nice to see him finally kind of be taken seriously for director, I think, um, since we'd seen the screenplay thing before with him. Um, but that was that was my, my number one. Um, I was also happy, as strange as this might sound, um, with I'm Not Gonna Miss You, the song from Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, getting nominated. I really like that song, and it's kind of a sad story behind that. Um, country music legend is, you know, he's got Alzheimer's, I think, right? And he's, uh, it's his last song or whatnot. Um, but yeah, those those two are probably my two favorite noms. That's why I don't know Glenn Campbell because country. I was like, what is Glenn Campbell? <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting. Well, is, is and I'm not a huge country fan. Is Grand Budapest World War Two adjacent? Uh, no, uh, but it's. Russian World Revolution. War One. World War One. I, I can't remember what time period it's. Well, there's yeah. four. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the the main one with a uh, Gustav H. Yeah, yeah, Gustav. that's in that's in 1932. So I mean, oh, 32. Yeah. Between first, yeah, it's between it's between first and second. World okay. Wars. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was having I had an argument with somebody on Twitter about this earlier today, <laughs> with regards to. You got an argument on Twitter? I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, more like it was more like a a discussion, <laughs> a heated discussion. I was very calm, but this other other two people were angry. I mean, about, how do you know? Were they using multiple exclamation marks? They, I, yep. I can t- I can Caps. tell the tone of the voice by <laughs> what they were tweeting. But we were talking about sort of Oscar bait and what that term means, and I said. That. <laughs> if there's one thing that the Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. that came out in March that's set in fictional nations involving a multi-layered story. <laughs> it's Oscar bait. That's Oscar bait already. Right. Well, we were talking about people were saying like, oh, there, there's no such thing. And I was like, normally if your movie is World War II or World War II adjacent, at this point, you're making the movie for awards. Mm. <laughs> Like perhaps basing something off a true story about an Olympian that gets captured in a Japanese prison camp only to go yeah, on to survive or, through great adversity and is white. I mean, that is <laughs> or an original screenplay about five dudes in a tank who learn about the horrors of war. And one is this really sweet guy and he has to deal with these rough and tumble men and people are getting blown up and it's very violent. So it's like <laughs> saving Brian Riven. 2.0. Um, or just period films about a white person overcoming adversity. I, I, yeah, just you know, in general. A few of those. Yeah. Are, <laughs> I feel as though those represent America best. <laughs> yeah, World War II is a is Especially a if they're English. The Academy <laughs> loves, so that's why I asked that question. But yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel is a totally different beast, and I'm I'm happy for for that movie um, because that it seems so weird. <laughs> 
in in this race for something like that to get in. So it's really cool to see things like that happen. Well, Joseph, that, that kind of goes to Aaron's point of like, yeah, there's a lot of like smaller movies that are nominated for you know best picture, and it's kind of interesting just to see that happen. You know, again, like Whiplash came out of Sundance, everyone was like raving about it, and it just carried that momentum with it. Um, Selma's pretty small, I'd say. Uh, All these are small. I mean, the biggest one is Grand Budapest Hotel in terms of the money it made, and even the kind of scope of the project. If you don't, well, I, I guess the scope of Grand Budapest is, bit, is larger than twelve years in Boyhood. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Ameri- I mean, American Sniper is the biggest one here, just because it's huge. Yeah. because of the you know the 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 America scale that comes with it, and you know the money that it's making. So. The money. All these other ones are fairly small scale movies. I mean, Birdman set in one place. <laughs> <laughs> The theater. Selma said in one place. That's right. Alabama, Georgia. Um, <laughs> Good geography. Are there highlights? Things you like pointing out? Just like things that you saw? It's like, oh, that's cool. Hmm. Honestly, it's in the song category. It's uh, the Lego movie getting nominated for it. It got least, something. At least one thing. Yeah. Uh, and I hate that awesome. song. <laughs> it's so catchy. At first, it was, it was awesome at first. But then, like, <laughs> after like four times listening to it with my kids, it became. Biggest... So catchy. It, it hasn't mean, yeah. stopped being awesome for me, guys. <laughs> yeah. Neither. Right. Maybe maybe because you know we're childish. I mean, well, I'm a person that didn't get sick of Let It Go either. That also helps that I don't listen to radio, let alone pop well, radio. So it it's like, time. yeah. So it's like, no, it's just just a good song. I get it. <laughs> as far as like um, some of the technical categories, I did like seeing Ida get cinematography. I thought that was a good one. Just because it's like, oh, that's neat. Like, yeah, my friend. Um, I had I still haven't seen Ida yet, but he was like. Ida is like my favorite cinematography of the year. And I was like, are you serious? Like in a year with Birdman and Interstellar and all these things. He was like, yes. And then it got Oscar nominated. And I knew in the second they announced that, he sent me a text message. He was like, so <laughs> you know I'm right. <laughs> I guess. So that was pretty fun. I Yeah, it's not seeing Interstellar in there is a little jarring. Especially, especially with like Unbroken with Roger Deakins. Like, all right, I mean... Nothing else for that movie, apparently, but the <laughs> cinematography was apparently really good. I would say that's even lesser Deacons as far as that goes, but I guess we want to continue not awarding him for things despite nominating him every year, so that's good, I guess. Well, I was happy Interstellar popped up in the score. Um, that's my favorite score yeah. of the year, and even though Hans Zimmer is going to lose, uh, <laughs> it was great to see that. It's a good score, for sure. I it's fun seeing the sound nominations for Interstellar because no one discussed that as a controversial thing at all. And so (laughs) I told Mark, like before this happens, I was like, they're gonna, I was like, we, we all complained about the sound, but it's, it's too big to ignore in, in those categories compared to the cinematic greatness. That was transformers colon age of extinction. Um, I mean, they didn't have really good explosion sounds in that, and Dinobot sounds. I mean, how did they get that? Probably by hitting a cantaloupe against a hammer. Well, uh, like, like all holy sounds are achieved. Exactly. exactly. I was I was sad Godzilla didn't make it into the sound category. I agree. I agree. Very much so. Little yeah. visual effects, uh, but I mean, for me, that's because Godzilla me, gained some weight, and so they didn't want to nominate him. For me, Godzilla missing anywhere was a good thing. So I'm a hater. <laughs> Mark, yeah, but yeah, you made most not, things, so I don't give much credence either. to these things. I'm with Mark. It was all right. What's cool about visual effects is that there's like three movies that are four, three, three movies that are that are comic booky related. So that's that's a good thing. 
I guess. I mean, it's it's almost Start moving on up. It's all it's yeah, but I mean, it's almost you can like kind of throw your hands together with all these visual effects. Lines like what what movie had of the movies that you could could have potentially been nominated for visual effects? Which one had bad right. visual effects? Because I mean, they're all great. Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> That my, Chevy Camaro didn't look like a Chevy Camaro at all. I I love the Dinobots, but like anytime Transformers fight in those movies, except for the first one, you can't see anything. I did find it interesting to note that X Men. This is like the first time an X Men movie's been nominated for anything ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this one. This this is the one that broke the <laughs> broke the this straw. Is, yeah. Again, moving on up. Hey, next thing you know, X Men's gonna be like best writing. What's the front runner in this one? Would it be Dawn or would it be Interstellar? For visual effects. For visual uh, effects. This is. Uh, I. Kind of a, it's, it's an, I think it's an interesting. But I mean, looking at what they typically go, what you'd have to say Interstellar. But the one thing right. is that it's an, if it was in Best Picture, I would definitely say that. It's not like uh, like ben, I, Benjamin Button. For example. I'm I'm trying not to get my hopes up and not to believe because the last time I did this with the Planet of the Apes movie, Hugo won. <laughs> so I don't want to. I'm purposefully saying Interstellar in the hopes that <laughs> Dawn will win. Which is, I mean, this is compared. This is a lot less visual effects, I would say, than than Inception. For I mean, for Christopher Nolan's other kind of big effects, kind of like Interstellar, it's very practical. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Despite, like, hey, look at the space backgrounds and stuff. Like, I I wouldn't. There's not, especially compared to all the other nominees in this category. There's not like a ton of CG in them. I mean, there's not. There's no computer created character. I guess Tars maybe in some scenes. But you know, well, Tars is a Tars is practical. It's as well. practical. I, I mean, in terms of like maybe some yeah. wide shots or something like that. It's like there's a little Tars running around. But uh, <laughs> he's a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> we can all just be happy Maleficent isn't a best visual effects nominee. I think we can go from there. I would agree. <laughs> but it did get best costume design. Eh, which you kind of could, I'll give you it could, that. You could see coming. I could yeah, see that coming. I could give it that. Okay, here we go. How about, how about movies that we kind of wish got some nominations? Like something that got snubbed completely, just didn't get any kind of recognition whatsoever, and there's movies that you would have liked to see get in there. My example Ooh. is um, A Most Violent Year, which is a movie I really, really like. Do you think it's because it came out late? No, because yes. look at some of these other. Well, I mean, that probably helped. Yes, but <laughs> I mean, but Jessica Chastain certainly had a lot of steam going in, and she, you know, didn't get anything. Um, what was it? But Streep was that good in Into the Woods, so there you go. Apparently, we, we, meant, we talked about the Babadook earlier. I think that's one I would put up there. Uh, most finally, you're like you mentioned, Life Itself missing for Doc. Yeah. Huck, um, maybe Force Majeure. Force majeure, top, yeah. Top top five. I, I'm a big fan of top five as well. I'm a big fan of top five too. What would you put? Uh, what would you put? Um, Babadook in. Actress. Actress for and, sure. And writing. Production design. Maybe. Production design, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, production design. Maybe for the book alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Um, but no, her. Her for sure. Actress for sure. I actually can't think of a prop more prominent in a film in 2014 in that Babadook book. Mm-hmm. So, well, we just <laughs> talked about Tars. <laughs> well, right? not even, not even Tars. Or like just the that, Grand Budapest Hotel itself. I could the hotel. That. Yeah, the hotel. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, right. it got in production true. design. True. Yeah, he got in there. Uh, yeah, sure. I would have liked to see Dear White People in original screenplay. The Dinobots yeah. going back to production design. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Under the Skin and Score. Yes. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been yeah, great. We talked about that uh, just not too long ago on a different podcast, but 
Yeah, the score is quite haunting. It's interesting because I like I never want to listen to that score like by itself, but at the same time, I completely wanted it to get a best score nomination. It's like this oh, is a, this I, is one of the most evocative scores. Like, it, I I listen to that score all the time. It, it's great to write too. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because you feel <laughs> now I almost want to like you're in another place. I almost want to experiment with this now. Now I'm gonna like go to sure. Spotify and. <laughs> I get this under the score soundtrack. Just to see, it's like, what is this like writing to? Where's my, where's, where's, where's the movie after review? Let me do this. Yeah, pick a, pick a weird movie, throw a, and just can score and write about it. I'll try that out. I mean, two foreign language films, uh, Mommy, the Xavier Dolan movie would have been great, or The Way He Looks, which was Brazil's uh, foreign language entry. What was both, of, both of those are so good, but they weren't on the short list, so. What was the Brazil one? What was that one about? Uh, the way he looked. It's about this blind kid in high school who it's sort of a coming of age tale. And he's really testing out his independence. And he has this uh, friend who kind of likes him, maybe doesn't. Uh, and they're both young virgins who have never hooked up with anybody. And enter here enters in this new exchange student, not exchange student, but this new student to their high school who forms a fast friendship with the the main blind guy, hmm. and hmm. it's it's so good. <laughs> if you want a movie that'll make you happy by the end, you should watch that one. One of the ones that I would uh, call out too is, is on my top ten is Skeleton Twins, and I was kind of surprised by it winning Sundance for best writing. And I guess I mean, too small, not no one really cared. Skeleton Twins and uh, was it Obvious Child are both ones that I think people. Obvious child too. I mean that they. Obviously, Slate wrote that, right? But uh, she, she had a co-write or okay. she had a co-write, but she, but that was directed by Gillian Robespierre. Um, it was based on her own short film. So it would have been a, like adapted screenplay. But again, American Sniper and Invitation Game that good. So <laughs> inherent vice, by the way, not pulling in anything except what a screenplay and um, costume adapted design screenplay. and yeah, costume, design. costume design. I'm surprised yeah. inherent vice got adapted screenplay because the only thing I've heard about that movie is how incoherent people seem to think that it is. Not, so to get into not the, writing, not the, not the guild that represents screenplays voting in the Academy. Apparently they're like, this yeah. is airtight guys. What are you talking about? Gone girl, not getting in there. That was a surprise for me. I mean, that was, yeah, that was tough. Interesting. It's interesting how many um, perceived front runners to win ended up missing out. Cause you had, you know, Julian Flynn from Gone Girl. A lot of people, at least myself who were thinking that it could, Win adapted mm-hmm. screenplay at the Leo movie, which still is the heavy front runner to win if it gets in. Uh, it just won the PGA last, the Producers Guild Saturday night, um, and then maybe even Life itself in Doc might have been you know the one to upset um, Citizen Four if if that was up there. So it's interesting to see how many ones that we had toward the top or winning. Is it is it all that not surprising for Life itself to not be in the best documentary feature? Uh, it's a movie about a man who criticized the Academy for not including yeah. a film by yeah, Steve they, James. <laughs> yeah, because he's still beloved. You know, Fair, I, I yeah. still think he was still beloved. Yeah, the doc, doc branch, documentary, and music in foreign language are the branches that you <laughs> that are just better. Just don't try and understand what they choose because you never right. will. Uh, right. I think my my biggest surprise though was the Lego Movie missing, mm-hmm. yeah. if only because it made so much money, mm-hmm. and, and the high critical regard. I mean, it's not like yeah, just... high critical regard. But I mean, you box office and animated films are very very important. Mm-hmm. And I like I knew they were going to go for either 
a song of the sea or a tale of princess kaguya because they include the foreign kind of element they they always love to throw in 2d animated things or animation style things um in but i the only thing i can see why the lego movie misses maybe the will ferrell um and his kid segment really threw them off and they were like this isn't fully animated but it's like that's like the only rationale i could have for why it missed like i really don't I'm not mad that it's not there, but like I don't understand why it's not. <laughs> yeah, because the breakout hit "Song of the Sea," which I saw this past week, which is okay, it's about to make ducats. I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna blow up once it expands <laughs> to you know four sea. four more theaters. I'm telling you, people are gonna can't get <laughs> can't get enough "Song of the Sea." That's what they'll be saying. I mean, yeah, think of all the merchandising. It's all about. It's all about merchandise. It at least clears the path for How to Train Your Dragon 2, which I do like a lot. Like, it would, you know, it'd be, that's also, I think, in my top 15 of the year. So it's like, I don't get the Lego movie, which is significantly higher for me. And maybe you too, maybe it's like a number three, right? Yeah. Big Hero 6. Yeah. All right. yeah. Get that. I, get that I love Big Hero 6. It's good. Just, like, it's fun. Just pass it, pass it to the uh, Box uh, Trolls uh, and have Laika uh, keep going, and I'll be okay with that. I think. I mean, like, Box yeah. Trolls isn't, like, the best in the, in the category, but. That's not. Laika. Like it's doing good stuff. Yeah, they're three for three. It's weird because I feel like I just have this inkling that they're going to give it to box trolls for some weird reason. Just because? Well, there's several factors. Um, One, if you're predicting Feast to win animated short, um, there's, I don't think, uh, a winner of animated short, animated feature have come from the same company ever. Hmm. Um, So if you're predicting... Hasn't Disney not won that, by the way, animated short, or have they? In a long, a long time. In a long time. Um, but, like, we all thought that Mickey short was going to win with Frozen, and it did not. Not um, we all. Mr. <laughs> Hublot. Mr. Hublot, I predicted that right away. I, was uh, had, it, I had it on my picks. But yeah, proud I, think, of that. I think Box Trolls could win, but, and if it does, I'm just going to count it as a win for Paranorman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abe and <laughs> I are I'm, big fans of Paranorman. Fans I'm, of still, Paranorman. I'm still mad that Brave won that year over Paranorman and Wrecked Mom, Mom turned into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and the three That's one of my favorite uh, kids' books, by the way. Mom turned into a bear. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's actually a really popular book. Back I love in, that like, one, yeah. 1862. 18 pages of family fun right there. Yeah, pretty much. Mom turned into a bear. Um, let's see, what... <laughs> What else? Um, what would you What would you take out of the race? Like, what would, what, what movie would you just you know kind of take away from all of this? Given like <laughs> some of the nominations, I know there's probably a few answers here. Um, out of any category, any of these, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I can I can tell you what I would take from it is that they need to push their voting dates back. Um, they've moved them up in recent years, and it's now kind of a race at the end. Uh, and a lot of things like what happened with Selma, I think. Um, are a direct impact of not having enough time to see everything, uh, get a, a proper reading of the year. So I'd say give them more time to vote. Um, maybe do some kind of test to see who's seen. They're not a lot of vote. I know for our award circuit uh, awards, Terrence has us have to see a certain amount of foreign films or we don't get the vote in the category, which is fair. Yeah. Um, so it should be the same for a category. They should have to have a checklist of films or some, some kind of proof that they've seen enough films before they really get an opinion on what's the best. I 
did you want us to do like our takeaways from the Oscars or our takeaways like from Mark, the categories? Mark, Mark gave a very nice answer for a question. Oh. A little different. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that was a great answer. I, no, I, I like that answer. It's a good answer. No, that was really, yeah. I, I was like, wow, that's no, super <laughs> solid advice. I, I, I would say, yes. What, what films would you like to take out of the race? Oh. I, I'd take out the theory oh. of everything from Best Picture. Uh, I thought you said from the race. I'm like, like oh, God. All right, sorry. No, Go on, then. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to, um, I guess I'd take out, take out, I'd take Theory of Everything and Whiplash out. Oh, oh. Um, Only 50% with you there. Yeah. Oh. And I'm probably, the, I'm on like the don't really care about Whiplash Island by myself, which is okay. It's, there's one or two movies every year that everybody else loves that I don't. Did um, it just keep Simmons? I wouldn't have him in there either. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, the one guarantee of the night. <laughs> well, Just I actually students. like I actually really like Miles Teller. Um, his performance in that movie is what I really take away. Uh, I really believe that him as the character would do those things. Uh, yeah, that car crash scene was. I that's was like, what really? that's what took would me out of the that? movie. Yeah, would he just get up from a car scene, run to the the hall, and keep playing? I mean, yeah. albeit yes. they did show like the whole entire like. His, he can't really get a grip because his hand's all messed up. But that Abe, that's called upswinging. <laughs> that's called wanting it, right? You gotta want. Yeah, it. that oh. that scene is what sort of ended the movie <laughs> movie for me. Um, what else would I take out? I mean, American Sniper doesn't have to be in Best Picture or screenplay or editing or a lot of categories. What I'd leave it in sound. I think it has good sound that a uh, sandstorm sequence is pretty impressive you know it's funny actually we did we, we were talking about movies that i wish got nominated i think fury should have got sound nominations honestly i was yeah as much some kind of indifferent yeah. to the movie i mean the movie's fine like it's fine like, we thought it was right. fine but i mean i i felt like it uh, sound nominations deserve those in terms of kind of what it accomplished more more so than in broken i would say i, I recognize cinematography that. i think in that movie is it's a good looking movie there's really a lot of good looking movies yeah. i mean yeah that's true dick poop i mean <laughs> I take that one out of the race, though. If we're taking, if we're, if I'm going to answer this question correctly this time, I'd say uh, <laughs> I'd almost take out everything British this year. I take out, I take out theory, I take out imitation, I take out Mr. Turner. See, I and I know you, you're not a big fan of Mr. Turner. I, no. I really like that movie. I know, and, a lot of which is, but but in, but it's weird that in a move in a year where we have like we have the imitation game, the theory of everything. These kind of these movies that I wasn't a big fan of, more so the theory of everything worked because I felt it was just kind of like a long, boring biopic. Mister Turner's a two and a half hour movie about a guy painting, but I loved it. I like I really dug that movie. <laughs> and like, I, I came to realize this more so on the uh, the other the Battleship Pretension podcast we were talking about the kind of nominations it had, and I was like, I really like this movie. <laughs> like I was really surprised. If anything, I want Small to get in for actor. I'd take him over Carell uh, or Cooper. Like, yeah. I mean, Coops, come on. He's a friend of the show. I like hanging with Mr. Cooper as much as the next person, including Raven Simone. But I mean, that's not you know what what I necessarily <laughs> needed the best actor. Race. Agreed. Yeah. Are those the two celebrities that you've met? <laughs> that, was a, that was a deep. That was a deep cut. That was there. a deep. I mean, yeah. Had to, make a a hang of, had to make a hang with Mr. Cooper joke really and reference good, a cast member in it. No, that was really good. I could have went with Holly Robinson Pete. Could have Jump Street fame. Yeah. <laughs> could have went yeah, there. Could have. But you did a good route. Anyway, uh, let's. Abe, what would you take out? I, I took out the theory of everything. I haven't seen the imitation game because you told me not to. I didn't tell you not, but <laughs>
I asked between Wild, I asked between Wild and Imitation Game. You're like, go see Wild, and I was like, all right. Oh no! Why did you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd say no to that as well. <laughs> why would you? Why would well, you do that one. to somebody? <laughs> Uh, but I took out Theory of Everything because, again, it's very basic. It's very uh, kind of a run-of-the-mill story. And, again, I had a, I have uh, no real issue with the story. And Stephen Hawking, I didn't realize he's such a funny guy. Um, but it's not as though... Have you seen Stephen Hawking at the Laugh Factory in L.A.? What's that? Have you seen Stephen Hawking at the Laugh Factory in L.A.? <laughs> he cuts up rugs, literally, because he has very sharp wheels on his wheels. I haven't. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it's just standard. And then American Sniper, I I said it on the podcast, I thought it was a bad movie, and just because of the editing, the story, and writing, and all the other stuff combined. So I wouldn't, I, I can see the merit of why you're nominating it. Um, but again, if you're not gonna portray a person on the screen the way that he portrays himself in his own book, um, and then you let the audience decide, then it's not really all all truthful. And so I thought that it was kind of a um, kind of a mixed bag there. Yeah, everything and I mean, Imitation Game. It's like, yeah, this feels like default categories of Oscar nominations more so than movies I want to see. Not like, like at least King Speech, which we talked about earlier. I like that movie quite a bit. I think it's a really good movie. I'm happy that it it had all the love that it got. I necessarily needed to win Best Picture, but at the same time, I wouldn't take it out of the race because of that. Um, Imitation Game, I don't think as strongly about. So yeah, I would I'd probably drop that from the race right away. Um, and yeah, I'm not huge on Foxcatcher, so I probably, but I do like Mark Ruffalo. I'd keep him. I like that Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. That's a movie I, I cannot wait till that comes out on DVD so I can watch it again I can't and wait be to see depressed those for two hours. Yeah, exactly. See the, <laughs> see the parties and terror displays. We're watching Foxcatcher, guys. Come over. <laughs> Grab the yeah. fingers. I think I'm going to give Interstellar another shot. I think you should. Because I was not, a, I'm not that film's biggest fan. That's what, you know, as I've, sort of come to look at the the Oscars and the year, you definitely try and take stock of like the stuff that you like and then think about maybe there are movies there. I'm not the biggest proponent of like, oh, you have to see a movie two, three times in order to get it. Cause I feel like if you can't get the basics of the movie in the first screening, then like the movie has failed you in some capacity. Yeah. Um, but Interstellar by virtue of listening to the score seems like a movie that now that I know what will happen, Maybe I'll enjoy it more because I know what will happen and I can focus on other things instead of trying to anticipate what was supposed to happen. That's a, see, that's an interesting way to put like a thing to discuss in terms of the kind of movies that you that might benefit from multiple screenings. Whereas something like Inherent Vice, for example, it's hard for me to say you got to see it twice to really get it, mainly because I really loved it the first time. But I can understand where that comes from. But other movies. I mean, that that's more of like my exception to the rule. But other movies, yeah, I agree with you where if you can't really if you don't even find yourself compelled to want to like it more after seeing it the first time, then I don't know if you're, you know, seeing it multiple times is something that's really going to do it for you. I, I feel like Interstellar, which I really, I really liked the first time and I've seen it a couple times now. I've, I've continued to really enjoy it. I, I got what it was doing, but there's other movies at times where I've seen them and maybe not have responded as much as I would have liked to based on anticipation or just, you know, kind of a weird mm. setting of the room. My, my perfect example for that is Hugo, which I had a bad theater experience seeing it the first time where I was very cold. <laughs> it was a cold theater and I didn't have a jacket. So I was sitting there kind of shivering the whole time and not really appreciating it as much as I would have liked to. But I felt I really, I realized that there was a good movie on display in front of me. Seeing it a second time, I was able to embrace that more that time. Uh, but that's like an outside distraction. A movie that, I'm trying to think, a movie that like, you know, you 
may have like not liked the first time for some reason you couldn't put your finger on maybe, but you like wanted to see it again to really end up. Mark, do you have an example? Well, I just I actually just went to you know Foxcatcher today for the second time because there was something misinformed me there, so I wanted to see what was. Still, for me, it remained the same. But on the other hand, it was the same way for Under the Skin that I didn't. I thought it, I actually hated it the first time, but so many people liked it that you know I wanted to go back and watch it. And now I wouldn't say I love it, but I like it, and I, and I can see, I guess, the parts of you know why people are loving it so much. So I think it helps if if you are in, if if there's if you feel disconnected in some way from something and you. you you're curious. I think it's always a good idea to go back and see something. Sometimes it's just the mood I'm in, or I'm too tired, or something that might affect what I'm seeing that day. You know, so it's it's always good to try and see things more than once. You must have been really angry and tired a lot this year. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, that basic that basically sums up my year. So yeah. Oh, I like twenty. I think twenty fourteen is oh. that's my my oh. top my top ten is one of the favorites that I've compiled in the last. Of the one, I think I've gone up to like 1995. It's one of them. It's probably in the the top ten of my top tens. Uh, I I had a lot of movies I really really liked in 2014. I mean, yeah, that's like the basic ranking of things. Like I had, I think I have six five star movies in my on my top ten list. I mean, that's Mark is just an old curmudgeon. It's okay. (laughs) He's like not even that much older than we are. He is. It's fun to make fun of him while he's on the podcast with us, right? That's that's <laughs> while he's on the podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I have, a, I have a question for you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as people who are not maybe as awards obsessive as Mark and myself, uh, so the same <laughs> people on the podcast. Um, what do you think is winning Best Picture? I mean, up until yesterday, when Bergman, Bergman, my accountant John Bergman, won the um, <laughs> won the PGA. You know the golf championship. Um, uh, I, I thought Boyhood had it. I, I, and I still kind of do. I would be, I'd be, I feel like that's the one that has kind of the, the best momentum right now. But I don't know. It's it's a little up in the air at this point. It is kind of up in the air because I can feel like two of them coming on pretty strong. Because Boyhood would be my pick, but then Birdman is, is coming on pretty strong. And like my secret, my secret uh, hope is uh, Grand Budapest, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I really would want Bird, Bird or I'm sorry, uh, Boyhood to win. Yeah, Boyhood would probably be my pick, uh, and I hope that uh, Grand Budapest wins the SAG. Yeah, that all awesome. Yeah, I I like the acting in that movie. It's a great yeah, cast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially in another year where once again someone gives a great performance in a Wes Anderson movie like Gene Hackman and then doesn't get nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, it finds. <laughs> question for you guys something that that somebody brought up recently was uh does boyhood work because of the quote-unquote gimmick or does it work as the movie and I, <sighs> that kind of got me because he uh, he asked well if you change the actors out would the movie still work would like the plot still work and i was thinking right. i i guess maybe not but um but uh, as a whole it is very good though well, my kind of response to that sort of question is the same response as like, well, what if someone else directed it? Would you still would it still get all that kind of pra- that kind of question where it's like, what if Michael Bay directed Boyhood? Would it still get all the acclaim? <laughs> then it would be, well, then there, uh, would, here, there would have been then Patricia Arquette would be replaced with Megan Fox. But um, I mean, here, regardless, here's the thing about that kind of question. Then it's not the movie that it is, right. and the fact is, Boyhood is the movie it is because of how it was filmed and because of who's yeah. in it. So yeah. I mean, it's an impossible kind of question to answer because. It, yeah, I saw the movie that it is, and that's the movie that I, I really like, and that's getting to regard. It works on, 
Yeah, it works on multiple levels. I mean, yeah. I it's it's certainly the greatest coming of age movie I've ever seen by virtue of the fact that we get to watch everybody age mm-hmm. and and naturally not with like makeup uh we were talking about Benjamin Button earlier, which I love, but as he was like, getting older, they yeah. were getting <laughs> So like that's part of the magic. Part of the part of the magic is that it took twelve years to make. Um but it's also a really interesting character piece and if anybody I don't think anybody would have given it the same kind of touch that Richard Linklater would have because that's sort of his style. Yeah. And that's what I see in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't I re, I when I was watching it cuz I saw it at Sundance, um I it got to the end and I was kind of like, okay, and then there are sort of three scenes that like gut punched like gut punched and KO'd me. It's the scene where she meets the guy who she helped earlier. Used, who she helped earlier. The I wish there was wish there was more and then his sort of final moments out in the desert. I think are what really clinched that movie for me. But, you know, I, I see people sort of trying to deride the fact that, like, it was filmed over 12 years being a gimmick, but, like, who else is out here doing 12-year movies, <laughs> movie yeah. projects? If, if... Right. It's, it's, it's no doubt an ach- the achievement of the year. It's, it's no doubt the film achievement of the year. Um, it's a special film. It's an amazing experience getting to actually watch it happen. So yes, all of that, but I'd still come back to like your friend said, if they would have progressed with different actors and it was all filmed at once. And I know that's an if, but that's, that's the meat and bones of the, of the film, the story. There is a little bit missing there for me. That's, that's, that's what keeps it more for me, a top five film of the year versus a number one film of the year is that there's a little bit missing story wise from it to make to make it the all-time classic, I think a lot of people feel it is, and maybe it will be, but for me, not yet. Great film, not all-time great film. And, but you um, mentioned the you mentioned the story aspect, and I think that's what that yeah. you know having that process yeah. adds to it, where it's a movie about life as opposed to about a strict narrative, and that's ultimately what you know makes it a better movie for me. I mean, it, by having yeah. that kind of timeless feel to it to an extent of like you're watching, you're just watching a person age. Um, you're watching multiple people late, not just one. That'd be weird. That's Benjamin Button. But that's um, but, but, that's, <laughs> but that's but that's a gimmick. That that, that is a gimmick. That to me is a gimmick. Far as if that's and that's fine. By calling it a gimmick to me is not taking anything away from it. In the same sense that Birdman, which is probably my favorite film of the year, also works on a gimmick with the whole single take. Right? You you leave him in one scene, the camera continues down the hallway and finds him on stage the next day, and there's no cut there. Right? That's a gimmick too. Right? So gimmicks don't. It's not a. a negative connotation to call it a gimmick but it is it is a gimmick and i think if you take out that gimmick from birdman you still are left with a pretty good film whereas you take that gimmick out of boyhood and i don't know what have that and that's that's and, and i'm probably mm. wrong that's just kind of that's I my disagree yeah okay only only because of the standpoint of yeah i think that richard linklater is a talented enough filmmaker yeah, where richard, richard linklater is really really great um okay and also that yeah. it's like it's a character piece and we're so used to seeing people like different if we're aging, if the character ages, we're going to see different actors. So I don't necessarily think that would take much away. I just think that having the same people in these roles progress through time really adds to what makes that movie special. And you can take that maybe 
they would have found a Mason Jr. who was a better actor in the high school years or something. But like, would that make the situations that character was going through any less potent because somebody else was playing them or not? I don't think so. Or Patricia Arquette's character dealing with all of those shitty husbands. It's, it's definitely something that that I guess it's, it's impossible to, to to really know. Yeah, there's a chicken uh, and egg just, conversation going on yeah, basically about this. It, it really, really is. But one thing we can kind of all agree on is it's the film achievement of the year, if not the best film. For yeah. sure. I mean, if you take the 12-year aging element out of it, you probably still get a best picture runner, not just not one that's maybe the front runner. Possibly. Uh, Possibly. Yeah. Because then I do, but I do think that amounts to Richard Linklater's skill as a filmmaker. I mean, he's, it's not like he's a rookie; like he's been doing this for a long time now. And I mean, he knows how to. A lot of his films, you know, take away you know some of the more blockbustery, what not blockbuster, but more studio friend, John, film friendly or general audience friend, like School of Rock or The Newton Boys or something. Like most of his films rely on people yeah. having long conversations that are you know have some semblance of depth to them and are shot in a yeah. way that just feels fairly naturalistic. And this is the one that feels like an ultimate compilation of that for obvious reasons. And it's being recognized as such. What else, guys? (laughs) (laughs) So shut up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whiplash had the most drumming. (laughs) What if you played guitar instead? Birdman Birdman had some drumming, so. Whiplash had oh. more, and it looked better. I don't know. Where to go. <laughs> let's go. Let's, we haven't talked about the actors much as a whole. We've talked about them kind of on the fringes, but we haven't talked about these. What we think is going to happen in these races? Let's do. Let's use that as a way to wrap up this conversation. Uh, let's start. Yeah, with... that, that seems to me. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but to me, the to me probably the least exciting element of this Oscar race is the four acting categories. It feels really done deal, and and after tonight, we'll probably know even more for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. I mean, Keaton, more. Julian, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, and Patricia Arquette. The four of them have just been lining up for everything down the down the line. So it just and they have all the right nominations between them. And uh, so I mean, does anyone disagree with that? To me, it feels like the the least exciting. The part. only the only thing I see that could possibly happen is Redmayne upsetting. Sort of, yeah, I don't. I don't. By he virtue, keeps nailing the, the speeches. Though. Yeah, but by virtue, like if we if we're just not we're not talking about talent levels we're just talking about oscar story levels okay same type of performance same age as when daniel day lewis won his first oscar right who daniel day lewis beat that year it's a typical oscar it's uh 89 89 tom cruise was that tom cruise in born tom on the cruise born fourth of july no that's, no that's 80s isn't it? Or maybe it is 89. I think it's 89. Yeah. What's, what's so, Rain, well, Rain Man's 89? It's after Rain Man. Yeah. I think. Okay. That so might like, be the same. I could see Redmayne winning um, that way, but I, I think the acting races are pretty locked up. So Daniel Day Lewis beat Kenneth Branagh for Henry V, Tom Cruise born on the 4th of July, Morgan Freeman driving Miss Daisy, and Robin Williams dead toward society. Mm. Those are some names in that group. Um, yeah, Redmayne is the only one I can see upsetting. If you had a stronger Best Actress field, yeah, maybe I could see Julianne Moore losing again. <laughs> or, or honestly, to me, the narrative, the biggest that I think we would have had for lead actress if Moore was going to lose probably would have been if Jennifer Aniston got in for Cake. I, th- I could see, I could see a movement from that more than I could the other four alongside Moore. I think it's, I think it's Moore's to lose if, if she brings home the sag. If there'd be a way to piss me off, the Oscar night, it'd be seeing Jennifer Aniston win an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's pretty. 
<laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I never well, see that at Oscars. <laughs> Pretty actresses. <laughs> I, I can't talk about her objectively um, <laughs> because I, I will forever be on Team Angelina Jolie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Also not nominated for an Academy yeah, Award this also year. Also not nominated, but yeah, that's. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of like a bizarro land where other things could happen. In the acting categories. Yeah, I mean Reese Witherspoon. The. In a in a with a diff, in a different year, maybe she really puts a like if a threat. If she hadn't won already, I could I would definitely say she. Too. But that's why, to me, she's probably four right now, just because she's already won one. Well, I, I think... still think she's two, but it's like Julianne Moore and then <laughs> Ten Spaces yeah, and right. then number two. <laughs> right. I wish yeah. there was more traction for Rosamund Pike. I think she's so good. At that's, so Rosamund yeah. Pike was my number two mm-hmm. um, until the absence of Gone Girl. So for me, and, it's, and this is probably a poor number two because she doesn't have a SAG nom, she doesn't have a BAFTA nom, but I have Cody Yard number two, and I know, again, she's already won one as well, so... I don't really know that there is a number two. You could honestly tell me Reese, you could tell me Felicity, you could tell me Rosamund, you could tell me Marion. Any one of the four, you could tell me number two. I wouldn't argue, but the, the drop-off from one to two, like Terrence said, is, uh, is a mile. Yeah. Especially, especially, especially if Moore wins the SAG tonight, because then she will have won the SAG, the Critics, the Globe, and she's up to the BAFTA, which I probably wouldn't expect her to win that one, but um, taking three out of the big four, you know, she's, she's the, if she takes BAFTA as well, then forget about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think the only... The only other race would be like supporting actor if they go yeah. down the line voting for Birdman or Boyhood. Boyhood, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Because I see Norton happening before. Hall. We've we've seen Academy voters votes, uh, and when they like a movie, they just put it everywhere, <laughs> regardless of if it was really the best in that arena or not. Um, That's what's interesting. Yeah. I mean, is usually. Not usually, but I mean, there tends to be upsets in the supporting actor actors category, but it just seems like they're yeah. so set this year. Like it yeah. doesn't seem like anything's changing here. Yeah, they they really they really feel that way. That's I mean, there's tons of interesting stories to talk about. Other categories like picture could go several different ways. Director kind of still feels a little up in the air. The screenplays look a little interesting. You got who knows what the hell to do with animated with Lego Movie out of it. Um, there's a lot of stories, but when it comes to the, the four acting categories, which I know a lot of people who don't follow words much, that they don't care for cinematography and art uh, production design and whatnot, they look more to the stars. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this year we just we have, you know, one of the probably most boring races in a while in those categories. Just they just seem so so Lots. enough. But yeah. well, yeah, we'll know again. We'll know more after Sunday night with tags. So, um, but it just feels that way. All right, well, let's get to the real meaning then. Let's get to best documentary short subject film. What do we think, guys? <laughs> I feel like Joanna, Ooh. the White Earth. I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those yet, so. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to actually being able to check those out next week, I think. I, they open in my area on the 30th. So yeah. I'm hoping to be able to check out the, the, the blocks of the short film nominees, the animated and the live action particularly, just because those are inherently more interesting to me. Sorry. <laughs> they are. Well, that's I mean, it. The, those are, those are yeah. the awards that will help you win your Oscar pool. Oh, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, Mr. Hublot. Mr. Hublot. Mr. Hublot. That made me so mad because that was the, my least favorite of the nominees. I liked that one. That was good. <laughs> and I, I, I so picked that one. Guys, like, yeah, they, they like this little French quirky thing. They'll, they'll do it for us. Yeah, that's that's how you win your Oscar pool. If you can get if you go three for three uh, in those categories, you will probably win. 
I remember like what was honestly, it like? Honestly, I settle. Yeah. I'd be very happy with two out of three. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what happened last year. Mark and I tied for <laughs> the uh, the most right. And award circuit has an annual fight to the death finish on the twenty third of every year, right? So you guys are we, we did, so you're yeah, actually we over do. over date on this oh, one. So. It's our little version. It's our own Hunger Games. We yeah, did. we have to. But the award circuit Thunderdome. Right. Two critics enter. Had, one man I could have had one more, but like. I predicted gravity to win like everything, yeah. and so I was, I was like, I might as well just put it in picture, even though I knew Twelve Years a Slave was gonna win. You went against the Wait, black whenever, movie. Whenever you, come, whenever you come, whenever you come so close like that, you always look at that one award where you just look like an idiot on. Like for me, it was last year I picked um, American Hustle. I just didn't think they would give it nothing, so I picked it for screenplay over her. Even though her seemed like the no-brainer with what it had won, it just for me didn't feel like an Academy type screenplay to win so that was my big mess up or i would have had the the 22 but uh you, you can look to any any year that you get that many you look at one or two and just go what was i thinking on that one there's one yeah, the academy so. likes it's virtual interaction so her just i mean <laughs> right I, uh, i'm glad it won it was the better screenplay but all right well, let's uh let's move on this let's uh that was fun uh, any any final thoughts i guess before we move on from the the oscars looking forward are you looking forward to neil patrick harris as the host Yes. Yeah. Finally. I think <laughs> you think he'll do magic on stage. <laughs> I hope so. I hope he's gonna he's gonna sing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, or at least he better. Yeah, I hope he and Hugh Jackman and Anna Hathaway all do a, a, a you know three way song together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's um. We're getting to the end of the show. That's why we had this long conversation. We're already near the end of the show, guys. Let's uh, let's do it. I now presents what's out now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. We're streaming. Yeah, we have a few things here. We have Fury, which we talked about a bit. Yeah. Um, Abe, you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's all right, Fury. Yeah, it's all right. I said, eh. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Life, which I liked quite a bit. This is the animated film. I haven't film. had a chance to check it out. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, let's see. The Judge, which is one of my worst films of the year. No, um, <laughs> Unless you really like diarrhea scenes. Thank you, Abe. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a thing called Open Windows <laughs> coming out, which is from uh, Nacho Vigalando. It stars, I believe, uh, Elijah Wood and uh, adult actress Sasha Gray. Um, but Nacho Vigalando, he did his movie Time Crimes, which I'm a huge fan of. And I haven't heard the greatest things about this movie, but I'm still kind of curious. Um, let's see. Down Downtown Abbey Season 5 comes out this week, guys. I believe that's how that's you say it. That's what Mary Tyler Moore, right? Yeah, yeah Downtown yeah. Abbey. Gotcha. Um, I'm just not going to correct myself and make people frustrated by me not doing that. Um, and let's see. Justice League Throne of Atlantis comes out. There's another DC animated feature, which has everyone's favorite Aquaman. So, you know, get excited for that. <laughs> um, just get ready. Jason Momoa, 2018. I loved Aquaman as a kid. Did you? Yeah, yeah. You the Speedos and everything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's proud. Word him out. Admit it. <laughs> Word him right now. Um, no shame. That's right. No shame in his game. And lastly, just because this movie came up a few weeks ago, Abe, The Replacements comes out on Blu-ray this week with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out. And Gene Hackman. That's just a fun movie. <laughs> Shane Falco. Oh, I, miss, I miss Gene Hackman. I do too. I wish he'd just narrate things more. He's, yeah, he should. Or something. Or something. Yeah. French Connection three. You know anything? You're very, he's <laughs> <laughs> He's happen. getting fit. Yeah, he's getting fit to, to do that. He's returning. Popeye's back. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. What else? What's, uh, what's next week? Next week we have another week know. of... 
stuff. There's Project yeah. Almanac, which I've been hearing good things about. Have um, you? Yeah, I have. It looks like Primer and, I don't know, that one weird kid movie. I don't know. That one weird kid movie. Yeah. Uh, Earth to Echo. Earth to Echo. Oh, oh, wow. yeah. I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say Primer and Chronicle is more what I'm thinking of. Um, Nobody has superpowers in that movie. But it's still, well, what, what makes it Earth to Echo like? Kids. They're not kids, though. They're <laughs> Doc- the same age as the kids in Chronicle. <laughs> Regardless, yeah. that might be the thing we discuss, or we'll figure out something else. We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah. Um, so with all that said, let's uh, wrap it up real quick with a quick, uh, what should people go see now, and what are you seeing next? So, uh, Mark Johnson, what would you say people should go and see now? Oh. Well, uh, I'd say go see Selma, if you can, if you haven't already. Um, or any of the Best Picture nominees that you haven't seen, especially Birdman and Boyhood, since those are your two frontrunners. And uh, Terrence, what would you say people should go see now? Um, go see Selma, and if you happen to be in the wonderful metropolitan areas known as New York and L.A., <laughs> go see Mommy. Oh, lucky. That's a Xavier Dolan film, right? Yeah, Xavier Dolan mm. film. Yeah, only... I hate recommending small movies like that because I know not everybody lives in these... <laughs> But if you do, please go see those. That's why I write down two movies. I would say go see Whiplash if you can, because I know it got expanded again. And like I've seen it a few times now. It's just a good movie. Or I'd say go see Paddington, because that's everywhere, and it's wonderful. Paddington? That God. is like the surprise of... The British movie that didn't get nominated? The year so far. Well, no, just... Well, 2015, though, right? I mean, yeah, I, used to lo- I used to love Paddington Bear, so... It, but it looks it... so awful. But yeah, yeah but that's kind of why I can't bring myself good, to go huh? watch it either, Mark. So basically... What do you mean? What do you mean? Still can't Abe? I mean, everyone, every, I, despite everyone everyone's loving it, seen it, yeah. And I like the way you described it as a warm hug. That's <laughs> what it is. It's a warm I hug just, in a movie I form. Just, when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh, ah, I don't know. Abe, what was one of your biggest surprises of last year? Edge of Tomorrow. You hated that trailer. Oh, so I good. did hate that trailer a lot. <laughs> it's the movie so top, good, and it's yeah, on your top ten list. My top ten. Yeah. So go see Paddington. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. What would you say? What would you see, Abe? Uh, I'd say definitely go see any of the Oscar noms. If you really want to go see uh, one, I'd say Birdman, just because good music, fantastic acting. Um, and then what I'm going to see next, I hope that it's not Project Almanac. But if we got to take a bullet for the team, we got to take a bullet for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm hearing good things. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, good. That's uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work and my personal blog at thecodezeek.com. You can find all my movie reviews as well as at whysoblue.com for all my blue reviews. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackbed.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Uh, Mark Johnson. Uh, Terrence and I both are at awardcircuit.com. My Twitter is at marklikesmovies. And uh, Terrence Johnson. Yeah. You can find me at awardcircuit.com or... My website, LenoirTour.com, uh, Twitter handle, LenoirTour. I'll spell it for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spell it for you. L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. Great. Where I will be screaming about TV shows and stuff. I can't wait to read this Twitter war that you have going on. <laughs> can't wait. You can also find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwld.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other fun shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, Half Hour Waste, and other fun, cool shows about comics and TVs and games and stuff. You can listen to us over at outnow.podcast.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the Oscar nominations or anything of the sort. 
Uh, interact with us over at facebook.com slash podcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, there's our voicemail line, 972-798-3830. You can send us an audio recording, and you know maybe we'll be able to answer a question or something. And, of course, our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. So, with all that said, Terrence, Mark, thank you both for joining thank us today. Thank you. Oh, no, thanks for having me. And Mark. For, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, yeah. We uh, Sounds like another Twitter war brewing. Terrence and I are always at war. <laughs> be interesting to see uh, where the actual Oscar race goes. I'll be uh, yeah. curious how everything plays out. I know, Mark, we've had you on the past couple of years to go over the kind of the winners and the nominations, so maybe we'll be able to do that again. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to do it this week for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We'll figure out what we're talking about next week soon enough. But until next time, so long. with Mr. Cooper as much as the next person, including Raven Simone. But I mean, that's not, you know, what, what I necessarily <laughs> needed the best actor is. Agreed.